I don't think there's a more awkward way to start off church than that, right? It's uh, uh, pointing to um, these moments, and I don't know if you've ever actually had a moment like that in your life where uh, you've been at maybe at a place, maybe it's not necessarily the prayer, but you've had like the awkward meal experience. You've been around people that maybe don't know what's going on, or maybe there's a culture uh, in the home, and then you're just trying to figure out like how to make your way into it, or the culture's super awkward around you, or whatever it is. We've, we've kind of had those moments, and all of us are headed into this season, the holiday season, where we're going to be around a lot of people and a lot of situations that are both really awesome and really fun and then potentially like really like maybe different and potentially uh, awkward. And we've all kind of had those moments before in the past. And so uh, we're looking at that as we kind of head into the holidays. Now, holidays are absolutely kind of a special time, um, but a lot of what we associate with the holidays is actually around the table, right? It's, it's actually the meals. It's the thought of being with people and sharing food and sharing. Maybe you're bringing something. Maybe you have the office party where you bring something or, you, if you go to, or maybe you're going to grandma's and grandma does everything and you try to help out and she's like, don't even. Don't even touch that, right? Like I've got this thing covered. She's got it all figured out. But we all kind of go into the holidays around these moments where we spend time with each other around the table. A lot of our memories of our families or a lot of our memories of even the holidays are, are kind of attached to these times where we come together uh, as families or we come together with friends or we come together in the workplace. And so we have these moments where we eat and we talk and we share. Sometimes we share too much. Sometimes you have the crazy uncle, right? Sometimes you have the political banter that you wish would go away, right? Unless you're that guy and then we'll pray for you at the end of service, right? But sometimes it's, you know, fun stuff. Sometimes it's painfully awkward prayers, but we have all of, all of these things are creating in our minds these memories. And with these memories comes a culture that what happens around the table and what happens in these moments when we come together isn't just a, a set of moments that we have and kind of living life together, but what it's actually doing is setting a culture of our, of, of our lives meaning that mealtime and coming together is, is way more than uh, just eating some food on a special day. It's actually a reflection of who we are. When we come together, there's a reflection of our lives and our values when we come together. And whether we're doing it intentionally or unintentionally, those moments collectively come and they create a culture. And so it's not an accident, of course, that food in and of itself actually ha is, is one of the most kind of culturally powerful things that you can think of, right? If I, if I were to say to you, I mean, food is an expression of many things. It expresses all kinds of things. I, I can literally say a place and it'll make you think of a kind of food. We literally, whole cultures are even identified around the issue of food. I mean, if, I, if I say Italy to you, what do you think of? You think of pasta. And by the end of this message, you're gonna be so hungry. I'm sorry, okay? But when I say France, what do you think of? Wine. What, what'd you say, fries? French fries. I don't think, I don't think that came from, did French fries? I think that, did they come from France? 
No, I think it came, I'm pretty sure it came from Texas. All fried food originated in Texas, basically. Um, right? So when I, when I say Tennessee, what do you think of? Ribs, right? <laughs> I love the Southern accent that comes out when you start talking about these things, right? When you say a place, you often can think of a people, but it, almost inevitably you end up thinking about uh, food. And the reason is, is because there are these powerful experiences that are created around the table, around food. And may, in many ways, people are expressing themselves. They're expressing their heart. They're expressing actually who they are. These are all these I- identifiers of who people are, right? There's a feel, there's an aura, there's an understanding. And so being around the table is actually a great way to tell others about your care for them, how we care about them. We take time, right? We take time in investing in people over a meal, or we, we bring them to our home to, to show them uh, that we care about them. These are all experiences that we have on a regular basis, right? When you go and hang out with your friends, hey, we're gonna go hang out on a Friday night. What do you do? You go, what do you do when you hang out? You go eat. Yes, you hang out. You, eat, you actually eat, right? You say, hey, let's go. We're going to go out to this restaurant and have this cool experience here. Or you guys come over to our house and we're going to have a great time and we'll make something. And so we have all these experiences that collectively begin to express something about us. It expresses who we are. And so all of this uh, comes together in creating a culture. It creates a culture and it begins to define a little bit about who we are and, and, and the way that we do life. And so at the table, we, don't all, we not only have this chance to express this culture, this culture of our lives, but we also have the opportunity to set a culture. Meaning we can walk into these experiences that we're about to have that are super heightened over the holidays, right? Where we're coming together on a way more regular basis and hanging around with each other. We can come in there uh, passively or we can be super intentional to say, hey, if when we come together, we're creating memories and when we come together, we're expressing our value and worth for people, is there something in some way that God wants to use me to set this culture that we're in? to set a vibe for who God is and what he wants to do in our lives around the table. Because listen, this is exactly what Jesus did himself. The table was the place that was really telling about who Jesus was. It was actually at the table that was the most scandalous thing about Jesus. It was who he was willing to interact with. It was his intentionality with what he did around the table that actually blew up the social sphere around him. If you'll look in your Bibles at Matthew chapter nine, Matthew nine, Jesus exposes here, what's gonna, what we're gonna see is we're gonna see his heart, we're gonna see his motives, and we're gonna see his calling just around a dinner table. This is what's amazing. Matthew nine, we'll look at verse 10. And Jesus reclined at a table in the house, And behold, many tax collectors, which is essentially another word for saying extortionists, tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees, or essentially the religious authority, 
When the religious authorities saw this, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? So one of the most scandalous and maybe powerful things about Jesus was this, that he on purpose came to sit and to give his life to people that the religious authorities thought were not worth it. And he came in to bust up the entire thing, meaning this is what he said, listen, I'm going to make my life about coming in front of these people, grabbing a hold of their hearts and showing them the worth and value that they have to me. And so we see this powerful thing taking place. It's not a sermon. Hear this. It's not a sermon. It's not a worship service. Listen, Jesus did plenty of preaching and teaching. But one of the most powerful things is that he came and on purpose in a relational way, invested his life in front of people, gave his life away. Said here, I'm going to not just preach to you about who you should be, I'm going to come and be among you. And I wanna show you the worth and value that you have to me. They asked this question and Jesus is saying, listen, I'm gonna tell you, let me, let me show you what I'm like. This is who I am. This is what is important to me. This is what I care about. What's the thing that he cared about? Look, as we look at verse 12, but he heard, so he hears the Pharisees fussing at his disciples for hanging out with the low lowlifes of the culture. And he says, those who are well, they don't have a need of, of a physician, but those who are sick, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. See, Jesus actually exposes what's in his heart. I mean, maybe a great way to put it is, Jesus didn't go to a party just to say that he went to a party. He went on purpose with a vision for being able to say, you have worth and value, I wanna speak that over you. I want to show you that you have meaning in this life and that I've come. You might not have your life figured out. You might be an absolute mess. In fact, I'm gonna sit with those that, whose lives have been rejected by the culture around them and I wanna look them in the eye and say, you mean something to me. I wanna know what's going on inside of you. I wish we were more privity. In fact, we actually get to see a few different discussions and we'll talk about these discussions over the course of this series. But I wish we could hear what it was like for Jesus to be sitting across the table from the tax collectors and sinners. What did that conversation look like? What did they talk about? What was there? I think it was way less sermonizing. I think he was relating to people and showing you, hey, you have value. And I want to bring you into my kingdom. There is a culture that I'm building. It's a kingdom culture. And this kingdom culture is going to come one by the truth that I bring, but hear this, but two by the relationship I build. See, uh, we're really, uh, the church is well known for saying this phrase that 
Christianity is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that is absolutely 100% true. But we don't say that in a cursory way. We say that because what the scripture is showing over and over is that Jesus is ready and wants to sit down and meet with us and to speak to us and to validate who we are and to begin to call us up into a deeper place with him. Therefore, the call is the same for every one of us. We were meant to to dive into people's lives in a relational way. To, if you will, demonstrate that God cares about individuals. To sit down and to bring the culture of God's kingdom, which is truth and relationship, to those that are far from him. And to those who don't have, maybe may not have that relationship or are confused in their relationship with the Lord. That's what he is and that's what he wants to do. And that's what he's calling us to do. And so the table is this place where Jesus expressed to others, listen, I care about you, but also come with me and let's care for others together. It's a twofold call. I want you to understand I care for you, but we're going to care for others in the same way. This is the culture of the kingdom. This is the culture that God wants to advance, hear this, through us. The mountains and the skies and the stars and the ocean scream the glory of God, but hear this. But the relational connection with the king of the universe will be expressed through us. If people were meant to know how much Jesus cares about them, it'll happen when we begin to care for others in the way that we begin to love other people, which means this, the next two months can be a total blast or a total a total blast doing, having a lot of fun, having a lot of parties, or maybe a total drag trying to make all the lists work and did I get the right number of toys and did I spend $12 on Timmy and, but only $9 on Johnny and you know, all that thing, you can do that and that's fine, but let me tell you, the next two months are an incredible opportunity for us to take the kingdom culture wherever we go. We're gonna be sitting around tables we're going to be laughing and talking about all the stuff that happened over the last few weeks or months. We're going to be entering into conversations with coworkers at Christmas parties. And every one of these places is the opportunity for us to say, God cares about you. It may not be in a sermon. It may just be in the way that we love people or care for people. It might be in the dish that we create for someone to bring them to the table for the express purpose of showing them that they have worth and value. That's what we get to see. It's what we see Jesus doing, saying, I want to invest in you. I want to be about you. I want to take time to feed you. I want to eat with you. I want to share my life with you. I want to hear about your life. There is something powerful when the people of God come with that kind of charity, that kind of generosity. And there's two things we see Jesus getting at. If you look at Luke chapter seven, we'll throw it up on the screen. 
Listen, this is Jesus' own words. The son of man has come eating and drinking. And you say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But he says, yet wisdom is justified by all her children. See, what Jesus is saying is, hey, when when I sit down with people, you you can come and judge uh, my motives I see more than dinner parties and I see more than people. I see an opportunity to bring my, the life-giving culture of the kingdom into people's lives so that every time we sit down and every, time, every party we go to, every family interaction at the dinner table is a place to bring the kingdom. And so this is the place where we get to express love. It's the place where we get to express mercy or kindness or even forgiveness for those that are around us. Can I just say this? Man, if you are in Jesus, if you have a relationship with Jesus this morning, you were meant to influence others. You were made for it. You have unique gifts and unique callings. You've got unique abilities to speak into people's lives in ways that, candidly, this preacher never will can stand on this stage. I want to encourage all of us, but I'm telling you, there is a sermon in your life and in your heart that was meant to be given away in the way that we treat people and the way that we come in connection with others. We're meant to help create spiritual change and transformation in the world around us. That's what we were meant to do. Can I, I, would, I would even maybe just challenge you. Can anyone actually find true worth and value in this life if it is not tied to seeing God move through us? There's nothing more life-giving to be able to see the beauty of God and know him and then to be able to give that away. That our worth and value comes from one being known by him and then being able to live on mission with him. It's where, it's where life actually begins to come alive, if you will. We were meant to share our stories with others. Every one of us has a story. Every one of us has a story of who God is and how he's moved in our lives that we might be an encouragement to others. We were meant to foster this life of the kingdom. Uh, Right after this scripture in Luke 7, Jesus actually is, he's invited to recline at a table of a Pharisee. And it's a powerful story, and I'll let you just maybe make it homework this morning, but Luke 36 through 50. And, and what happens is, is a Pharisee says, hey, I want you to come and eat with me. And Jesus doesn't say, he, by the way, Jesus doesn't reject the Pharisee, right? Because Je- Jesus knows the Pharisee needs just as much help as everyone else. And he says, I'm gonna come in. And, but what happens is, is a, a woman who's known clearly in the city as a sinner, she comes in, that she has the reputation, if you will, in the city, uh, likely a prostitute. And she busts into the Pharisee's home and she falls before the Lord, tears. And she falls before him and she's, she's weeping and her tears are falling on Jesus' feet. She's at her feet and she takes her hair and she begins to wipe his feet. And then she's got a little bit of oil and she anoints his feet. And the Pharisee thinks this, okay, if this guy were truly a prophet, he would know the filth that is before him. 
And the beautiful thing is, is that Jesus, by the revelation of the Spirit, knows exactly what this guy is thinking. And he says, hey, Simon, I, I got a story for you. So there's two people, one who is a, has a great weight of brokenness and another who has a little. And he says, they're both forgiven. Which one do you think? Which one do you think has their heart uh, set ablaze? He essentially is, is asking the question, hey, which one do you think goes away with a light heart? He says, well, I suppose the one who had the greater weight given. He says, you've actually understood totally perfectly and rightly. He says, those who are who forgiven much love much. Those who have a massive debt removed, they're the ones who feel radically in love with the king of the universe. And he points to this picture and he says, this is so important. I love Jesus willing to sit down at this table with this man to communicate this heart and say, hey, this is the culture of the kingdom. I wanna come and be with people and I wanna give away who I am. I want people to see that I am for others and I wanna bring them into my family. And he says, this woman I came in, he says, listen, I came into your home. You didn't anoint, that often when you come into the home, they would anoint you with oil to help, honestly, the smell in the house. They would anoint you. And he came in and says, you didn't anoint me with anything. It says, she came in here and she anointed me, me with her tears. I said, listen to me. Because of this woman, because of her faith and trust, this woman walks away forgiven. She walks away a part of my family. He tells her to go and sin no more and he releases her into a brand new life. These are the opportunities that we have. These are the open door opportunities the Lord is calling us to. That there are people that are in all kinds of places in life. We've got family members that are in all kinds of places and we're, we've come to express the love of the Father. There are many people you will come into contact with, will come into contact with over this holiday season that are really, really broken. And we can uh, be annoyed and, or, or we can even avoid, or we can come in and bring the heart of the King into those places to share the goodness of God, to be ones who radiate God's kindness and mercy. I think even our team was praying before the service this morning and I just the reminder that that what leads people to Jesus to repenting of their lives and coming to him is the radical kindness of God it's the kindness of God that leads us to turn away from our broken lives and to come to him and so what Jesus says here if you look back in this text he says listen wisdom is justified by all her children essentially what he's saying is this the wisdom of the kingdom, the way of the kingdom will prove itself because it'll have lives changed in its wake. This is wisdom is justified by showing you that it has an effect on the people's lives. Wherever the kingdom goes and wherever this culture is expressed, it manifests itself in changed lives and what it produces in others. That's what Jesus is trying to say. And so here's the question. Every one of us are gonna have a number of opportunities to engage and love on some people. Some family, 
some coworkers, here's the question. How can you bring the culture of God's heart and his kingdom into the lives of people around you? I've been, uh, uh, my wife and I have had lots of different conversations. One of the great things is my, my wife is always thinking, she's, she's really great. She's always thinking in kingdom terms. Uh, and so, so like every party and every, she's like thinking like, how can we touch people's lives? And I'm like, I, I just want to go to the party. I, you know, I just, I don't, I, cause I just like to, I'll turn my brain off. And I love, I've been so challenged by my, my wife over the, over, over many years because she's always thinking, how can we be about God's business here? And I'm, I'm challenged as looking into these actual scriptures. I'm just going, Hey, I'm, gonna, I'm looking forward to hanging out with family, but I sure want to be about bringing the, the gospel and life into every arena that God has for us over these next few months. I want to be intentional. I want to have a blast. Hey, listen, Cowboys play on Thanksgiving. Hallelujah, right? Okay, but you know what? If that's the totality of what's happening, man, it's a wasted opportunity. It's a missed opportunity to bring the kingdom, to speak life, to look for those moments, to ask the questions. Man, some of the kingdom can be expressed just in asking questions and showing that you care. There's a hundred ways that the Lord would, might use us. In fact, I think the question is, like, is not just, hey, what are the ways, but maybe who? Who are you meant to influence and be a blessing to? In fact, we're gonna take a moment and just be, and, uh, in just a, a minute here, I'm gonna have our team come back up, but we're just gonna ask the question, Lord, who can we be a blessing to? Might even be somebody that has hurt you. And you're going, Lord, I don't have anything to give to that person. But Jesus does. Jesus has ways that he wants to change and shift their lives. We wanna be the conduit by which he does that. It's such a powerful thing when we are able to step into that. And so here it is. Coffees, lunches, dinners, being around the table, shared time, shared food, shared drink is an incredible opportunity. It's a low key way for us to begin to press in and push into people's lives. And so the question is, will we take advantage of it? What is God calling us to do? In what ways is he asking us to engage? I love the fact that, you know, the truth is, is all of human history is culminating. It's actually coming. If you look at Revelation chapter 19, verse nine, Jesus says, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the lamb. All of human history is coming to a big party. All right. This is where this whole thing is going. So let's have tastes of it in the here and now. Let's have moments where we are intentional with expressing our love and value for people and seeing the kingdom of God move forward. Maybe, maybe the most telling moment of gathering people together is Jesus in his final hours in Matthew 26. He's just having dinner with his disciples. And it's in that moment he actually authors through food, through the table, an understanding of what, what's about to take place. In Matthew 26, he says, listen, they're eating. Verse 26, they're eating and Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink of it, all of you, for this is the, my blood of the covenant, 
which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I love this because Jesus wanted to say in this relational moment where he's sitting with his guys and they're having dinner is to say, listen, I am inviting you to the table. I'm inviting you. In fact, every one of us in this room, there is an invitation. You might actually feel like God is a billion miles away right now. Listen to me. There's an invitation in this moment where he says, I'm going to give something and do something for you that's gonna call you into my family. Will you respond? Here's my body and here's my blood. I want to sit with you and bring you and make you something completely new, a new creation. I want you to remember what I am and what I will do for you. God invites us to his table. You and I are no longer the outcasts. We've been brought to that table and given worth and value in his kingdom. He came to make us well. He came to give us hope. And that same message is the one that we carry wherever we go. And there are intentional moments. In fact, I'm gonna pray this dangerous prayer for every one of us. In fact, I'll, I'll ask you to pray it. We'll pray it together. Here's the dangerous prayer. Lord Jesus, would you use me to touch people's lives? Would you use me to bring people closer to your family? Would you use me to express forgiveness and kindness and mercy? Would you empower me to be a reflection of your heart to the broken world? That's what this holiday season is about. That's what Thanksgiving's about. That's what Christmas is about. All of it is actually pointing to a king. There's only one to be ultimately thankful to, the giver of all good gifts. Every, every family member you treasure and cherish is just a gift from a good father. Every apple pie or whatever it is, right? They're just, they're just gifts. They're reminders. Every, every party is a reminder of his goodness. Let's be about giving it away. I want you to stand with me. I want our team to come up. And if you will, we're just gonna ask these questions really, really, really briefly. And then we'll just worship. And we're gonna give you an opportunity. We're gonna, as our family does on the first Sunday of every month, we're gonna take communion here in a moment. But not before we take this opportunity just to connect with the, 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 the heart of the Father. Here's the dangerous prayer. God, would you ready me to be an expression of your heart everywhere I go. That there's not a, a simple coffee that isn't meaningful to the Lord or maybe a lunch date or a dinner party. Would you pray the dangerous prayer, God, would you make me ready to be a blessing? It's likely that this is not about 
figuring out how to preach to someone at the dinner table. That's not it. The question is, is Lord, is my heart ready to speak life over people, to speak your kingdom, to be a blessing, to express forgiveness and mercy, to be full of joy, I had a sense some of you are going to be spending time uh, with someone who's um, had a really wounded heart. And there may just be a moment for you to come and sit in there with them in that pain. Not preaching a sermon per se, but just being the one that's willing to come there and be with them. There might be someone who's actually an outcast, maybe among your family or among your friendships. And there's a moment for you to be able to express the kindness and the welcoming heart of God. And then lastly, would you just say, Lord, is there anyone that I'm I'm meant to just be a blessing to? that I'm supposed to speak some life over. Maybe I need to ex- express a challenge and call them up. Lord, who can I bring your culture to? Who can I invite to the table? Jesus, you invited us to the table. Who can we invite to the table? Lord, we want to be used for your namesake and glory. We want to see your kingdom advance. We want to see your heart expressed through our lives. I pray you would begin to make us ready. I thank you for using us to express your heart, to build relationship with people. Lord, we now sit under the invitation. In fact, The Lord is going to ask you again, will you come to my table? And we're going to partake communion. We're going to take the bread and we're going to take the cup. And what Jesus would say to you is, hey, would you take this bread and eat of my body and know that it was broken for you? And would you receive this cup And know that this is my blood of the covenant that's been poured out for you for the washing of your heart and mind and making you whole and clean, fulfilling everything necessary for us to be in a relationship with God. In a moment, I'm gonna release you to come and receive the elements. And as you receive the elements, you could take them and you can... Uh, you can take them back to your seat and take them there. You can take them immediately. We're gonna let you do this on your own time. But we're gonna worship here. And as we worship, receive the invitation. In fact, I would just say, ready your heart to receive the invitation of the Lord to come to the table and feel his goodness wash over you and his kindness wash over you. And sense his invitation to, to you this morning. Lord, I ask that you would allow us to have that as we worship you this morning as we declare your goodness as we ask for you to move 
Lord, we want to receive that invitation again. We want to say yes again to your call to relationship. We want to say yes again to your call to come into a covenant with you that can't be broken because you're the faithful one. We love you and we thank you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You're free to come and receive the elements.